Brittany. And that's Jonathan. And welcome back to another episode of Real Time Talk. And we're going to be going over the second half of chapter 28. Eight? Yeah, chapter 28, which is the child's first school. So just like every other episode, we're going to be going through um, some sections that stood out to us and discussing them, and hopefully you will listen. Hopefully. Okay. So... One great reason why there is so much evil in the world today is that parents occupy their minds with other things than that which is all important. How to adapt themselves to the work of patiently and kindly teaching their children the ways of the Lord. Hmm. I think this goes into what we were talking about last uh, last time where it was uh, neglect is one of the major reasons why uh, kids follow up why your kids may no longer want to uh, believe the same things as you or may fall away from the church or may um, choose other less wholesome activities and company. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, yeah, like she's saying here that there's, it's a one of the good, the biggest reasons why there's so much evil in the world. And I think she's right in the sense that like, a lot of parents um, focus so much on things other than God um, or don't focus on God at all. Um, and it creates not just like a crack that Satan can slip through. It's a wide open door and not just a normal door, a wide open garage door that he can just walk through at any point in time and run the place. Mm. Yeah. Um, parents should, in a special sense, regard themselves as agents of God to instruct their children, as did Abraham, to keep the way of the Lord. So, <laughs> this one, like, these first two don't give as much to work with. Like, I think we covered most of this in the last episode. But, uh, it's, uh, parents' responsibility to instruct their children in all things. It's not the church's responsibility. Mm-hmm. It is... Uh, the parents' responsibility to instruct them. Uh, and keep in mind, uh, she used Abraham as an example. Abraham didn't have the Bible. Mm. There was no books or writings or there was n- none of that. It was just you and God. Mm-hmm. All right. So from your from your relationship with God, you need to use your relationship with God and use that to teach your children in that sense. Not saying to not use the Bible, but just keep in mind, she's using Abraham as an example who did not have the Bible to teach his son Isaac. And Isaac grew up uh, uh, in wisdom and stature. And, you know, he grew close to he grew close to God. All right. Same thing with Jacob. So. Use. Th- don't let the Bible be a crutch to teach mm-hmm. your children. And and yeah, so as you can like you can and should use the Bible to yes. instruct your children, but you cannot only use the Bible without a relationship with God. You yes. need to have a relationship with God to be able to use the Bible correctly or you will be reading out of context and without the guidance of God. So you you need to have that relationship with him and to be able to speak to him personally, to be able to use his word properly to instruct your children Mm -hmm. 100 percent. so yeah okay 
In order to be teachers, parents must be learners, gathering light constantly from the oracles of God and by precept and example, bringing this precious light into the education of their children. Yeah. There's a saying that says the best teacher is uh, the also best is also the best student. So as someone who teaches, whether you're an actual teacher, a Sabbath school teacher or a parent, always looking and learning to, and trying to find new ways and new things to bring into your teaching environment will give you um, not really not necessarily like an edge but it will benefit those people who are trying to learn from you all right who are benefiting from your instruction all right especially in uh, um, and for parents mm -hmm. Don't sit there like, oh, I read one book. I'm good. Hmm. I'm an expert on parenting. Continuously learn with what they give you because they will change every second of every day. Parenting and teaching is a continuing education style of um, not a career, but you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a position that requires you to continue in learning. All right, where you must always stay up to date with things in the world. You have to keep researching on new and improved ways of either parenting or instructing, uh, disciplinary actions, or you know, just life in general. Because if your kid has a question, you know they're gonna come to you first. Mm -hmm. So trying to stay on top of that will help in that aspect. From that light that God has given me, I know that the husband and wife are to be in the home minister, physician, nurse, and teacher, binding their children to themselves and to God, training them to avoid every habit that will in any way militate against God's work in the body, and teaching them to care for every part of the living organism. So, I mean, it's kind of just like you said earlier that they're not supposed to be just teachers of one thing parents are teachers of everything they are the minister the physician the nurse the teacher and the one creating habits creating patterns creating um pathways for types of attachment for types of behavior so as a parent you are responsible for everything that goes on for your child basically look at it this way god is handing you a completely blank not complete bank, but a mostly blank human being. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's like, you know, we're all different colors, we're all different shapes, we're all different sizes, and God handed you this blank square of Play-Doh and said, this can be anything, it'll be whatever it is, you make it. And it has slight, uh, it's not completely blank, because, you know, parents pass on traits and stuff like that, but you have the opportunity of molding a human being based on how you live and what you say and what you do. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you understand those aspects kind of makes you look at it in a different way. Like I'm not, it's not just, okay, this is my child, blah, 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 blah. Go to your room, watch this, blah. It's like, no, you are, you are molding. God is giving you responsibility. Like here, I'm giving this to you. Just like the parable of the talents. Hold on to this for me. And when he comes back, he's expecting you, like he did with his other servants, 
to invest it and to make it grow and to make it better than it was when he gave it to you, not to just keep it the same or make it worse than when he gave it to you. Mm -hmm. So that is a new outlook, a new point of view that you can look at when you look at your children. It, you know, that you might not be able to change the color, the shape, or certain things about that child's personality. Like, you as a parent may not be able to influence the fact that your child connects to God best in nature, or that they really despise trains. You know, like, those are some things that you may not be able to influence. They'll come with their personality. Um, they may be more outgoing or introverted. Like, those are things that you may not be able to influence but you can influence how kind they will be how patient they will be um by teaching them how to do these things like being um helping your child become more like jesus is by teaching them to be like jesus you have to teach them how to be patient how to be kind how to be loving and compassionate um but also teach them of the laws that jesus followed teach them of you know, cleanliness and, and godliness and things like that. Um, so you are molding them around the things that God has said. You can't change this. Um, okay. She should take great care to cultivate neatness and order in her children to direct them in forming correct habits and tastes. She should train them to be industrious, self-reliant, and helpful to others, to live and act and labor as though always in the sight of God. I mean, that kind of just reinforces what I just said. <laughs> yes, it kind of speaks for itself. Um, keep in mind that Ellen White is talking from a stay-at-home mom point of view. But this applies to all parents. If you are involved in if if you are involved in the birth and the raising of the child, this applies to you. Mm -hmm. All right. Conception. Uh, sometimes dads are not involved in the birth. True. <laughs> if you are involved in the conception or the birth of the child or even the raising of the child, because this could also mm -hmm. apply mm -hmm. to step parents, step parents, adoptive parents, uh, grandparents, uncles, babysitters, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you are within the child's uh, circle of influence, you need to keep these factors in mind that you are supposed to aid the parents in doing this. And this is the role of the parents to help them be. So if a kid is just like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Auntie, do I have to do this? It's your job as someone who is in that parent, that child's life to help reinforce good behavior and help reinforce what the parents are doing well. Mm -hmm. Not what the parents are doing badly, <laughs> what mm -hmm. the parents are doing well. So assist the parents in the rate you know as the uh, african proverb says you know it takes a, a village. village to raise a child yes are we good to go to the next one sure okay the elder sisters can exert a strong influence upon the younger members of the family the younger witnessing the example of the older will be led more by the principle of imitation than by oft-repeated precepts this doesn't necessarily have to be older sisters. It can be older brothers. Mm -hmm. It's older siblings showing, walking the talk for the younger siblings. So basically the hardest part will be with the firstborn. And then if you, if you lay down the groundwork properly and establish good habits properly with the firstborn, you'll have less work to do with uh, the second, third, fourth, whatever child that comes along because there will already be... 
Um, it's like laying down a road. Building a road takes a lot of work. Repairing a road, not so much. Maintaining a road takes next to nothing. All right? So it's like digging a garden. Breaking earth, back-breaking work to actually put in a garden. But then, you know, caring for it, adding compost every so often, then it's just easy. You, you know, spring comes, you plant your stuff, boop. Garden takes a lot less thing than starting it from scratch every single year. I agree, but also these are children and there are things that you will have to start from scratch with at each child. Um, but that's, that's not what this quote is talking about. This quote is talking about like, if you have the older siblings there, you'll have to, uh, you won't have to repeat and put in place as many precepts, as many rules, as many lessons, as many, as many examples, because they'll try to copy their older siblings instead of listening to you. All right. So yes. it'll make your work less troublesome. Sometimes. That's this that isn't a hundred percent guaranteed because the second child may have you may have to put place rules in place for the second child that you didn't need for the first child and other like first, second, third, whatever. You know, it's it's not a guarantee for every single thing, but as a younger sibling looking up to their older sibling, you want to make sure that the older sibling understands how much of an influence they're going to have at, uh, towards their younger siblings because um, the younger ones will always look at the oldest and the older ones than them as these like these these role models, right? They're going to be like, you have it all together and you're like the coolest person I know mm -hmm. because you're relatable and you're not a parent, but you're still... A little bit out of reach where like I can't just like do whatever around you you're still somewhat an authority figure um, but yeah cool. parents should be much at home by precept and example they should teach their children the love and the fear of God teach them to be intelligent social affectionate to cultivate habits of industry economy and self-denial yeah, essentially, it's just um, clarifying the last thing where, you know, the by precept and example, you teach your children these specific things, um, the fear of God, the to be affectionate, to be intelligent, social, cult and cultivate habits of the industry, economy, and self-denial. Those are things that are more specific about what you need to teach them that you won't have to repeat as often once you have done it with the first child. Because um, with the first child, you're the only example. So you have to repeat it over and over and over and over and over again for them to get it in their head. But the second child will look at the first child like uh, a role model. So you won't have to repeat it 10,000 times. You might have to just repeat it a thousand times. <laughs> um, yeah. By giving their children love, sympathy, and encouragement at home, parents may provide for them a safe and welcome retreat from many of the world's temptations. Now this goes uh, back into uh, one of the previous chapters that we talked about, about making a home a piece of heaven. Mm -hmm. So this is basically just, I guess you could say, repeating that sense is that when your kids come to you, to, to, you know, to your home, it's supposed to I'll give them a, a place to recharge and refresh. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, it's really important to, to notice that she's saying, you know, 
by giving their children love and sympathy and encouragement. You know, you don't want your home to be a place where they know that everything they do will be reprimanded and everything, like it doesn't matter what they do, they're doing something wrong. Like you want the home to be a loving and encouraging place. And when something goes wrong, you have to have sympathy for them to be able to understand where they're coming from and have um uh what not equivalent um appro like appropriate consequences for things that go wrong that aren't overboard you know like if um they didn't do the dishes that you asked them to do you don't kick them out of the house or ground them for two months and say like we're taking everything away from you you know you have punishments or consequences that are equal to what has happened based on um the situation that they are in currently um and and to be sympathetic of them so that they know that even though there is consequences and there are rules to follow in the home you are still loved and understood and heard Diligent, faithful instruction in the home is the best preparation that children can receive for school life. Um, yes. I think there's one thing that is more important than that, and she talks about that in, if I remember correctly, messages to young people, is the importance of relationship with God will... Elevate your level of education and your studiousness to a higher degree than all your other peers. So, yes, home life, a diligent and consistent home life can prepare uh, your children for school and the work life. But putting... Um, put more emphasis on the relationship with God and helping them to hone and develop that relationship with God will be a lot more beneficial to them than just being consistent in like we get up every morning we do this every morning we 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 go here and like having a consistent schedule is not as important as making sure that the relationship with God is you know you fo that is your number one priority yeah I think that that should be like you know the, the relationship with god should be your number one priority but faithful instruction and being diligent is like a it goes hand in hand um because they have to know how to be instructed to be able to have a relationship with god that is um uh i can't find the word that i'm looking for Anyways, that the, they have a good relationship with God. They need to understand how to be instructed. Okay. Teach your children to love truth because it is truth. And because they are to be sanctified through the truth and fitted to stand in the grand review that shall ere long determine whether they are qualified to enter into higher work and become members of the royal family, children of the heavenly king. I was watching you read that. I was reading it with you, and I still understood nothing. <laughs> I just caught the first part. Teach your children to love truth because it is truth. So let's just stick with that. Um, <laughs> essentially, teach your children to love the truth because it is the truth, and it is real. It's reality. Yes. Side note, have you ever looked at like a, like a group of words? You've read the group of words, and your brain just like... 
please leave a message after the tone. That's what I felt like right there. I was like staring at you. I was staring at the words, reading them with you. You were reading the words. I was like, hmm. Nope. <laughs> Try again. But yes, you can teach your children to what is true and to live in the truth. And to love it. Yep. Okay. If you don't love the truth, then why, 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 why are you here? <laughs> okay. Last one. Are our children forming habits of decision that may be firm and, and unyielding in every matter of principle and duty? I pray that we all may understand the signs of the times and that we may so prepare ourselves and our children that in the time of conflict, God may be our refuge and defense. Hmm. I mean, in this case, like in the beginning there, she's saying our children for, are our children forming habits of decision that may be firm and unyielding. In order for that to happen, you need to teach your children to make decisions. And that's one thing mm-hmm. that I have noticed in more ethnic backgrounds is that um, sometimes children aren't taught to make decisions and then parents complain when they don't make good decisions. Unless you teach your children how to make decisions, they cannot make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And unless you let them experiment with making decisions, then they'll never learn. You can't expect your child to be, you know, a perfect adult, you know, who knows how to do their taxes, who knows how to book their own doctor's appointment, who knows how to make the right health choices, unless you've taught them how to make decisions by giving them choices in life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, teach them how to make proper decisions, and then they'll they'll make proper decisions. Train up a child in the way he shall go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. But you need to train them. Yes. And also, if their habits that they are forming are firm and unyielding, like every child will have habits that are firm and unyielding. You as a parent, your job is to make sure that those habits habits are habits that lead them to God as opposed to lead them (coughs) astray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to add anything else? To the podcast, would you like to add anything else? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Okay. Um, so if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can find us at... In, you can email us at info.lessonsforyou at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at realtime underscore talk. Facebook at realtime talk podcast. And we're also on YouTube for certain special episodes. Uh, leave us a review and some feedback. We want to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Please let us know. And stay in school. Sab school. Stay in Sab school. Stay in Sab school.